Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Today's September 18th, 2013. Say, what if you could be empowered into believing that healthy living could be simple, not hugely time-consuming or burdensome? That perhaps we can make choices that impact our body in a positive way. How about listening to how our bodies talk? Well, today we have as our very special guest, Lisa Petty, North America's health empowerment coach. She's a radio show host, award-nominated journalist, and an author. She's going to teach us today that living can be made simple. Now, I want to introduce to all of you, Lisa. Hi, Lisa, and welcome to our show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to chatting with you today. It's going to be great. So why don't you inform um, my listeners how you got started in your profession? Oh, my goodness. Let me give you the long story short. How about that? Sure. <laughs> um, about, oh, gosh, I would say about a dozen years ago or so, I discovered that my son was born with a minor heart defect. So he has what's called a bicuspid aortic valve. And essentially that means that he has two flaps to close his heart where most of us have three. And the result of that uh, is is a heart murmur, and I'm sure most people have heard of a heart murmur. It's, it just simply means that the heart, the valve doesn't close completely, and so there's a, bit, a little bit of leakage that takes place. And, uh, you know, the doctor said that he could live forever, you know, 100 years and never have a problem, or that he might need valve replacement surgery when he became a young adult, and there was just really no way to know how it was going to all come down. So uh, Mama Bear got her claws out and (laughs) decided that Mm -hmm. even though I'd always been, um, you know, what we consider to be a pretty pretty darn healthy eater, uh, and by that Mm -hmm. I mean that I didn't uh, didn't overeat, I, you know, strove to eat to eat a couple of fruits and vegetables every day. I didn't have dessert, you know, six times a day. I was basically what you would consider a pretty darn healthy eater. But I thought if if I want to really protect my son and give him the best possible start in the world, then I really need to understand how to feed the body in order for for uh, him to not only just um, survive, but, but to thrive and to be really healthy. So I determined that I would learn about holistic nutrition, and 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 that's essentially um, taking into account how, even though we all have sort of generally the same requirements for the food groups, the proteins and the fats and the carbohydrates, and generally the same requirements for vitamins and minerals and all the other nutrients, every single body is different, and we've all inherited different quirks and traits from our parents, and... Uh, you know, our lifestyle impacts what we eat and how our bodies work and all of that kind of thing. So holistic nutrition really focuses on the individual and at the same time focuses on the entire body. So even though my um, inspiration for studying nutrition was my son's heart, his heart is attached to the rest of his body, of course. And mm-hmm. uh, in order to feed him a heart-healthy diet, 
the rest of his body benefits as well. And uh, different symptoms in different parts of his body might be related or not related to what was going on in his heart. Uh, and just using him as an example. And by the way, he's 14 years old now. He is strong. He is taller than I am. He he has a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He is perfectly fine. He's doing really well. And the doctor says he has hardly any heart murmur at all. So he's going to be one of those ones that live to be 100 and, and have no problems. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, that that's, long story short, how I got into holistic nutrition and really learned the importance of paying attention to individual needs and uh, the individual and, and, and really tying all of those little symptoms together uh, to try mm-hmm. and figure out what an individual needed in order for them to achieve optimal health. Wow. It's a great story. I'm so glad your son's doing well. Oh, he's yes, he's doing very well. So what do you mean when you that our bodies talk to us? Well, our bodies want us to be healthy. I mean, and and when I say healthy, I don't just mean not sick. Our bodies Mm -hmm. want us to, you know, jump out of bed in the morning and have the energy of a six-year-old and go all day long and be in a good mood and feel good about ourselves and feel sexy and strong and vibrant, to be engaged in our lives, to have you know generally a positive frame of mind. That is what our body desires. Our body wants that, that optimal, vibrant, glowing health for us. And keeping that in mind as a goal, whenever we uh, make a choice or get or start down a pathway that doesn't honor that ultimate goal of vibrant health, our body tries to tell us and gives us little clues maybe that we're stepping off the path. Now, here's a really good example. Let's say, for example, that every day at 3 o'clock you get a headache. And it's it's almost become routine now. So you think, oh, well, look at that. It's 3.01. I could have you know set my, my clock by this headache. And you reach into your bag or reach into the cupboard and you get some kind of a pain pillar because that's just what you do. Well, what if instead of doing that, you actually thought, well, why does this happen every day at 3 o'clock? What have, mm-hmm. What is going on in my life that makes me get this headache every day at 3 o'clock? And so, so the headache isn't something that we need to make go away. It's actually a communication that your body is giving you. Okay, sweetheart, now you have a headache. What are you going to do about it? I need you to know that something's not right. So it could be that something could be that you went to bed too late or that you haven't had enough water to drink or that maybe it really isn't a good idea to skip breakfast. Or there there could be all sorts of different things that could have triggered that headache up to and including maybe that you need a new chair. Mm-hmm. But instead of you know just every day reaching for that pain reliever, it's it's crucial to start paying attention to those little things because remembering that your body wants to be vibrantly healthy and that your body's goal is that whenever, as I said, whenever you make choices or go down a pathway that isn't supporting that goal, your body's going to tell you. So a headache is one way that it does that. Um, mm-hmm. there, and there's a whole bunch of them, and we can talk about them as we go through the show, but there are things like, you know, for example, um, you might have skin problems. You might have developed a muffin top. You might have insomnia. You might um, have gas after you eat, uh, the headache that I talked about. All of these are what we might call minor inconveniences, but if if we don't um, pay attention to them and address them and figure out why they're being caused, then it's almost like they pile up on top of each other. So let's say, for example, you every day at 3 o'clock you take a pill instead of solving the the, the cause of the headache. Maybe your your headache was trying to tell you that you're, you have um, an imbalance in your thyroid. You know, it could have been something serious. Right, mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's it's trying to tell you that you know as a woman you're perimenopausal and your hormones are shifting, uh, and and if we don't listen to those little symptoms as we go along, I'm sure you've heard the expression before. Um, 
if if uh, or that that you, the universe whispers, and if you don't if you mm. don't respond, then the universe starts to scream. It's along that right. that line. Your body is the same, so your body will whisper to you with minor things yeah. like, um, you know, you might eat something that doesn't agree with you, and instead of going, oh, that doesn't agree with me, perhaps I shouldn't eat it. You try it about six more times. Or then you get to the point where you go, you know what, that really doesn't agree with me, but I like it, (laughs) and I'm going Mm -hmm. to eat it anyway. And then perhaps that's going to lead to some kind of damage in your digestive tract because you weren't listening to your body talk. So um, when we're talking about listening to the body, it's really about getting back in touch with the body and remembering that the ultimate goal is vibrant health. And any time we have a symptom, no matter what it is, you're too tired, you're grumpy, you're, you can't remember as well as, as you'd like, you problems focusing, um, aches and pains in your body. Whenever you have a symptom like that, it's your body's way of telling you that there's something that needs your attention. And if you give it that attention, then we can get back on that path to feeling as good as we want to feel. Yeah, I think a lot of times we tend to settle for the new normal. And the new normal yes. being you're, you have multiple symptoms, things are going on, but you're, you, your life becomes so busy and so stressful that you let them slide. Well, I agree with you 100%. And a lot of people, I hear them, uh, you know, we we have the same body we've always had, right? And so if something slips a little bit and a little bit and a little bit each day, we get used to the slip, right? And mm-hmm. I hear people say a lot, uh, they pin it on aging. I can't do that anymore. Uh, I can't bend over anymore. I'm getting old, don't you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember like I used to. I'm getting old, don't you know? <laughs> so true. Um, whatever, uh-huh. whatever it is, or you get up in the morning and you just, you know, your muscles are tight and your joints hurt. Well, I'm getting old, don't you know? Well, mm-hmm. no. In fact, that's not true. And so if you get out of bed in the morning and you're still tired and your brain is out of focus and your joints hurt, it's not because you're getting old. It's nope, because you go get that cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not because you haven't had your coffee. You see, those are the coping mechanisms that we um, have put into place so that we can continue to ignore what it is our body is trying to tell us. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, sometimes this is um, an, an unpopular thing that I'm suggesting is that you know you that you do actually have the power to feel better, but it's about making different choices and some and and it often involves doing a little bit bit of what I call inner body investigation. So mm-hmm. trying to figure out what what it is you're doing, what choices you're making uh, on a daily basis if whatever symptom it is occurs on a daily basis or, you know, on a meal-by-meal basis or, or um, you know, you, let's let's talk about even exercise could be a factor or bedtime could be a factor. So lifestyle choices that you're making as well. Uh, you can You can definitely make different choices to get a different result if you know what the other choices are that are available to you. And I think sometimes that's where people get stuck where, uh, you know, they think they they might be pinning their symptoms on their age and when they're faced with with the the belief that or the the concept that, no, you have a choice here about how you feel to a certain extent. I mean, age, honestly, age is a factor at some point. It does kick in. However, you can always feel better. You can always improve how you're feeling. You can always... Uh, get better energy. You can always improve your sleep. There's there's always something you can do, and the and it comes back to you. Are you prepared to make that choice? Yeah, I think better. a lot of times. I think a lot of times um, people will start thinking about what they're putting in their bodies, but it's usually later later in life. For instance, mm-hmm. today I was around um, a lot of um, college kids. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to them about the importance of nutrition and how you are what you eat. Yeah. And they were just staring at me like, huh? 
Yeah. It's like, like, I'm just going in between classes, and if I can just get my hands on anything to eat, that's good good for me. I'm good to go. Yes. Yeah, and and the thing is, and people who are listening to the show might go, oh, I remember when I used to be like that, when I could eat anything, Mm -hmm. when I had a cast iron stomach, when I had energy to burn, and I could, you know, stay up all night studying for exams or whatever the deal is. And people think, yeah, but that's because they're young. Well, in reality, it's because when we are young, our bodies are incredibly efficient. We are born probably as close to perfect as we're ever going to be. We've got Mm -hmm. all of the bits and pieces and and our digestive tract, which isn't fully formed when we're born. It does continue to, to develop after we're born, but everything is as perfect as it's going to be when we're brand new. And over time, when we make choices like, oh, I'll just grab whatever's there, you actually start to steal from the reserves in your body. And so it becomes less and less efficient, especially if you're not replacing what you're stealing from. And that's mm-hmm. why those those university and college kids can do it now. But they'll be saying the same thing in 20, 30, 40 years. Like, I can't do this like I used to do it or whatever. It's because... They didn't make choices all along that support mm-hmm. the way that their body works. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that. I actually um, I, uh, am going to start teaching a uh, nutrition course at the local college. To, uh, oh, good. To, yes, I'm very excited about it, actually, because uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping to bring a new perspective to um, to nutrition as it's taught in the colleges and make this part, this listening to your body and that one one size does not fit all i want to change mm-hmm. that i want i want people to understand that you are unique and different and your body is different than the person sitting beside you and mm-hmm. uh yeah i'm really really excited about that so thanks for sharing that story because um you've inspired me even more you know that's it's it's going to be wonderful to expose them to that type of a course and i'm i'm really pleased to hear that one of the students today said that she suffered from ADHD and she was on medication, very low milligrams, mm-hmm. but still she mm-hmm. was on it, and that they had discovered it now versus when she was younger. Right. So a course that you'll be teaching would be very helpful to somebody, for instance, like that, who could could hear about other possibilities Absolutely. Of improving their health. So let's talk about ADHD since you brought it up. Um, okay. Because there there are a lot of, uh, you know, it seems to be something we hear about an awful lot now. And I know when I was in school, you know, there were the good kids and the bad kids. <laughs> That's how they were labeled. Mm-hmm. But, but if yes. you look back on what that behavior was, it was just boys being boys. Right? Mm-hmm. They didn't want to stop the games after recess. It took a while for them to settle down. Or there were the kind of kids that do um, learning much better through movement. Right? And so we understand that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. There were no kids growing when I was growing up who you would classify ADHD. So what has changed in the last 30 or 40 years? Well, a lot of it has to do with the food that we eat. And uh, there is a lot of research that shows a connection between the chemicals in our food, food-like food products, including mm-hmm. uh, preservatives and uh, food Dye. coloring and mm-hmm. the different additives that they put into the, the prepared food that causes a sensitivity reaction in some people. Mm-hmm. And... Another another thing that that ADHD might be a symptom of uh, for that student particularly and for anybody who's listening, no matter what your age is, okay, because they used to think that ADHD was just for young people, as you mentioned, like kids, and the belief was that people grew out of it, and now we're hearing that, no, in fact, adults have it. In fact, adults can develop it, and on and on and on it goes. But ADHD... Mm-hmm can also be a symptom of a deficiency of DHA, which is an omega-3 fat found in fish. Mm -hmm. And so many people 
don't eat fish anymore. When, you know, our diet used to be, I know when I was growing up, we ate fish more. My dad would go fishing. He'd he'd come home and we'd have fish. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, we would have it at least once or twice a week. Um, You know, I had a big family and it was an inexpensive meal for one thing. But Mm. um, people don't eat fish like they used to. And, no, and, uh, we, and and we have we have issues with the fish, uh, mercury, high levels of mercury and tuna. We've yeah, got, well, um, and and, you know, and radiation I'm not disagreeing with you, absolutely. But yeah. and which is why, um, you know, as a nutritionist, I recommend that people uh, get their omega three fat from fish oil, because fish oil, mm-hmm. first of all, a good quality fish oil. Uh, it uses um, deep water fatty fish, usually goes for the small breeds, which are less contaminated. And then mm-hmm. most of them are molecularly distilled and purified so that they're almost 100% pure and mm-hmm. the toxins are not present in them anymore. So if if someone is concerned about the toxicity or the, the um, heavy metals in fish food and fish, then um, and, and you suffer from... Um, you know, focus problems, mood, memory, concentration issues. If you have a challenge with uh, joints, if you have heart issues, uh, concerns with your eyes, there are so many benefits from taking fish oil that we really don't want to. We really don't want to throw away fish as a source of nutrients. So mm-hmm. that's something that I do recommend that people in- incorporate into their diet, whatever symptoms are, they are experiencing, particularly ones, as I mentioned, regarding memory, uh, focus, concentration, all that kind of thing. But any inflammatory symptom that you're experiencing, if it's arthritis, allergies, skin conditions like eczema, psoriasis, um, anything that is uh, colitis, Crohn's disease, if there is inflammation involved, then those omega-3 fats are going to be really helpful for you. And so this is when I when we talked earlier about inner body investigation. That this is the part that I'm talking about, and not everybody is going to know all of these little link backs, right? And that's why it's mm-hmm. really important to work with someone who does know them. You know, if if you're concerned about certain symptoms that you're having, and uh, you don't know what what might be tying them all together, uh, mm-hmm. you you can certainly self educate. Um, but if you really want to get some, um, you know, active plan together, then I highly recommend that you work with someone who can help you get on the right path. And those would be people specific to your symptoms? Well, just you could work with um, a nutritionist. You could work with, with a naturopathic doctor. You want to work with someone who's not about making the symptoms go away. Now, we, we talked uh, before the show, Denise, I'm in Canada. We have mm-hmm. um, a slightly different healthcare system, but I actually refer to it as our sick care system because it's really only set up to help you if you're already sick. Mm-hmm. So when you've been diagnosed with something, then you can go to the sick care system for treatment. But it's <laughs> not set up for... Uh, for health, it's not set up to keep you healthy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you have to work with people who who work hand in glove with the medical system. I'm not suggesting at all that you never go to the doctor. If I broke my leg, you you can bet I would go to the hospital. I'm not going to go to a nutritionist right. if I break my leg. But when you're talking about um, keeping your body healthy and preserving your health, and even if you are diagnosed, even if you've been diagnosed with a condition, uh, you know, like heart disease or diabetes or something, taking a drug does not solve the problem. Taking the drug merely makes the symptoms go away. So if you've been diagnosed with with a, a disease that causes you pain, taking the pill just takes the pain away. It doesn't take whatever's causing the pain away. Mm-hmm. And when... When you're on medication for a certain whatever condition you might have, there's more you can do. You can help your body to heal um, when you feed it properly according to your own individual requirements. 
So right. I, I'm not I'm not saying that you know food will heal you or cure you of of certain diseases, but I'm saying what when you eat according to what your requirements are, you give your body what it needs to do what it you know to do what it knows how to do, and what mm-hmm. it knows how to do well. So you you can support your body in its healing as as well as working with your doctor. So it's not it's not that I'm suggesting um one or the other. I'm suggesting that both together mm-hmm. are going to be the most beneficial for you. So um yeah, it's it's really that. It's about when you have a symptom and I I hear this often particularly as I'm getting to know clients, I ask how healthy they are. They say they're great. I ask what medications they're on. They give me six of them. <laughs> I say, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're on medication. That's about average. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? So if you're on medication, mm-hmm. then you're not healthy. You're on medication. Mm-hmm. And it's no, a and mindset. It's, Yes, it's a mindset that people have that they think, well, no, everything ha- has been taken care of with medicine, so I'm fine. Well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, do you want to be fine or do you want to be really, really awesome? And and a lot of the medications um, deplete different nutrients in your body. And so, Correct. Uh, so, for example, let's say that you're on statins, then we know that they deplete CoQ10, which is essential for the mitochondria in every single cell in your body, but it's crucial for your heart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's really important, again, if you are on medication, to do that in investigation to find out what nutrients in your body they might be depleting and mm-hmm. make sure that you replace them. And the other part of that equation as well is to... Um, really check into those three pages of side effects and pay attention to them. I have a story in my own family. Um, my father has um, severe arthritis, and he's finally in a place now where he's prepared to do what I recommend, and that involves changing his diet, because most people want to go the easy route. You know, most people just want to pop a pill and keep on going, Right. Well, and sometimes yeah, it's really hard to change your eating habits. It it is, and and in my father's um, situation, I I have a sense, and this is this is a combination of intuition, knowing him, mm-hmm. and my my years of training. I have a sense that my father is celiac, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't want to put him through the test to determine whether or not he's celiac because. It can be, you know, it's invasive. They have to do a biopsy and what have you. And the other part of the story is that my dad is in recovery mode right now from surgery. So he doesn't need an extra stressor. But he's at a place now where he's prepared to change his diet. So we've simply removed gluten from his diet. I shopped Mm -hmm. for him and my mom. Like I, I went out and I did this for them. And I've replaced everything that they've been eating in a way that is familiar to them, but without what I believe is an instigating factor in my dad's diet. And I now, forget what, what why do you I mean by What do you mean by what's familiar for them? Well, in other words, if they're bread eaters, then you're, you're exactly. going to find gluten-free breads. And... Yes. Okay. So, so if you're making a big change like going gluten-free, it used to be people who, who are celiac... Uh, would just just die to have a cookie because there was just no way to have a, a cookie or a cake or anything like that because mm-hmm. most things were made with wheat and if if it was gluten free it tasted like cardboard. Fortunately, <laughs> things have changed and yeah. some of the gluten free foods now you can't even tell that they're gluten free. The trick with gluten free, mm-hmm. this is really interesting, is essentially. Because there's this big debate now. While everybody's going gluten free, you're going to you're going to be missing out on all these nutrients if you go gluten free. That's a load of garbage, because <laughs> gluten free food is typically your dessert food, mm-hmm. right? It's typically mm-hmm. your cookies and your cakes and your breads and pasta. So mm-hmm. people can Which live aren't without the greatest these for us anyway. 
They're right. not. You can actually live with, live without them. <laughs> Absolutely, you can live without them. Now, in order for compliance with my parents, I mm-hmm. found I provided them with great t- tasting bread, and I found them some, you know, some cereal, and I found a few little things that will help them make the transition. And and they they say they can't even taste the difference, which is awesome. But it's okay. more about getting them to uh, really bump up the whole foods part of their diet, right, and get them to understand you that, you know, things that, you know, you, you put in a bag and shake your chicken breast around and probably not good for you. Uh, and so <laughs> get get back to more more natural eating, and they're going to feel better. So sometimes that happens where people are only prepared to listen when the pain of that's um, right. or, or the fear, pain, pain, or, pain, pain or fear, of of mm-hmm. a thing where they are is greater than the pain or fear of changing. Right? Mm-hmm. It has mm-hmm. to be. It has to be that for some people, and uh, you know, my my absolute wish is to try to inspire people to do it before you get there, before you cr- you know crawl into that corner and and you've had a heart attack or. The doctor says, okay, well, we're there now. You've got type 2 diabetes. Um, because there's a lot that you can do to to prevent that. We, You know, we know that 75 to 90% of chronic diseases like diabetes and cancer are diet and lifestyle related. That mm-hmm. means you can almost completely prevent getting those diseases. That's incredibly powerful information. And yet, people yeah. choose. You have to throw stress in there, though. Oh yes, yes. That's why I'm saying that it's well. Stress is a fact of life. How we deal with stress is part of the mm-hmm. um, the one of the lifestyle factors that definitely play a role in you know heart disease and and uh, inflammation in the body and that kind of thing as well. So I'm agreeing with you 100. percent But we do have a choice about that, right? For the for the most part. We we have a choice about how we're going to respond to a certain situation. Sometimes we get True. in rough spots. Um, you know, um, things can can get a little bit hectic sometimes. Uh, but then we have to learn when we get in that situation where, um, you know, even this this situation that I had in my family the last little while, um, having to step into a more caregiver role with my parents added a stress because I still have. A child living at home, and I have one in university, so I'm I have now graduated into the sandwich generation, and that kind <laughs> that that transition it can be stressful. Yeah. But what I've noticed, uh, and and you know my dad is recovering nicely, so I'm able to step back a little bit again. But but what I noticed when I was right in the thick of it was that other things I just let go, and I thought you know what I don't even care about that anymore. So I think sometimes we choose to be stressed about things that are really not important, and um, you know, yeah, again, or, or we're just we're doing too much. You know, we're trying to do too much in a day. Mm-hmm. Or there's people in our lives that we need to think about perhaps not having in our lives. Yes, definitely, definitely. There are toxic relationships. Um, and uh, to- toxic situations that we have to really take uh, take a breath and figure out whether they serve us anymore. And in the, it is related to um, what we're talking about in terms of listening to your body talk because very often when you you meet up with someone who stresses you out or you're in a situation that stresses you out, how do you know you're stressed? Mm-hmm, Most of the mm-hmm. time it's because you feel it, right? You feel it in your gut or your heart yep. starts racing or you overheat or your throat gets yep. dry or you get a headache. Mm-hmm. That's your body's way of telling you the person that you're talking to, the situation that you've got yourself into, whatever is going on isn't good for you. Mm-hmm. So, so your body puts you in a situation where you can deny it if you want, and we're we're so adorable because we try to deny it all the time. But the truth is, your body is telling you this is not good for you. You know, back up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
extricate yourself graciously. This is not going to go well for you. Uh, and and so that, that ability to be present in your body is crucial for helping you to determine whether or not something is good for you, whether we're talking about food or should you take this job or shouldn't you, or um, should I maintain this relationship with this friend or this, this partner? Is this good for me? Uh, if we can just ask that que- question and sit in our bodies and actually feel what our bodies feel, uh, you know, it's even in our language that our body talks to us all the time. We're, we're familiar with expressions like I knew it in my gut or I mm-hmm. felt it in my heart. So I I don't know if your listeners are really into the woohoo. This isn't really that woohoo because it's become part of our consciousness that we know that our bodies talk to us and our bodies talk to us in our instinct. So um, you know, you might get excited about something and feel butterflies in your stomach, and that's how you know it's a good thing. Or uh, something might freak you out, and and the hair on your arm stands up. Um, mm-hmm. Your body is talking to you, and you know what it means. It's different for everybody, so I'm just giving examples here um, of different sensations that we feel in our bodies. But they're always attached to an emotion. They're always attached to a message. And as you say, we've become so busy and so distracted that we're not tuning into those essential messages that our body's giving us about what's going on around us. So I, that's really what I would like people to understand is that it, the importance of that relationship with your own body. It's like a divining rod of of information for you. And if you can take the time to to get back into your body and just be there and don't worry about you know, the dishes and don't worry about um, the bills at the moment. Just sit there and be in your body and, and and just feel what your body is feeling. It'll let you know whether you need, you know, uh, to work with a nutritionist, for example. It'll let you know, uh, you ask the question, should I take this job and listen for mm-hmm. the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll know by the way that you're feeling, and again, having said that, we're, we're adorable creatures, and we we deny what we know right. to be true all the time. Um, yeah. But again, that's a choice that we make. So uh, it's it's just really, um, Denise, really important that that people understand that our bodies do talk to us all the time, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. we um, you know we we went a little bit down the woohoo path, but that's okay. <laughs> I guess we were meant to go there, um, but. But uh, yeah, all of those symptoms that we feel in our bodies or that we that annoy us. You know, I work with a lot of women who are perimenopausal and menopausal, and it's a real period of change in your body. Not only how you're feeling, but how your body actually changes in appearance as well. So, women start to get the beloved muffin top, and. That's one really strong indication that your hormones are out of balance and that your hormones are changing. And as you mm-hmm. mentioned about stress, what what is important for that? So here we have women going through perimenopause and menopause when they're my age. So they're going through this sandwich generation where they may still have children at home at the same time that they're starting to feel that they need to keep one eye out for mom and dad and, and other family mm-hmm. members perhaps mm-hmm. as well. In the midst of a career, I have another child in university. My son's in high school. He's going to be going soon. So I have to be conscious of the flow of money into my, my life as well. So the career is still mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Plus, my friendships, my relationship, my, you know, my, my interests. So here I am in, in, a, in a, a point in my life where so many women find themselves as well. And it could be, and often is, incredibly stressful for women, especially because women are notorious for putting themselves last. So, yes, that's so, true. so in yeah, so instead of taking care of themselves and making sure that they get adequate sleep every night and that they get their downtime and their me time and whatever it is that they need to juice themselves up, they deprive themselves of that and then go deeper and deeper and deeper into the hole. But what happens for women when we're going through many uh perimenopause is that when the hormones start, you know, the the roller coaster ride, and you you incorporate stress into the picture, which is 
you know, hallmark at that age group, what happens is the cortisol, which is the powerful stress hormone, it combines with estrogen and accumulates as fat at your tummy. And then what's really awesome, I'm being facetious, is that the cortisol (laughs) from your stress uh, creates like a little fat factory around your middle, and the more stress yeah. you have, the, the bigger the muffin top's going to get. And it well, the more matter. you eat, too. <laughs> well, and that's related to stress because it doesn't matter how much you diet and how much you exercise. If you don't get your stress level under control, you are going to be carrying around that muffin top forever because it mm-hmm. is the cortisol that is causing your waistline to expand. Yeah. So the good news it, on the good news on that is is when you decide to to diet and lose some weight, you'll typically lose the weight first that came on last. Does that make sense? It makes sense. However, if you're perimenopausal and menopausal, all the rules go out the window <laughs> because your hormones mm. are changing by the minute, and um, your your different organs are are taking over. So as the ovaries shut down, production of the the sex hormones, even after mm-hmm. menopause, we still need estrogen and progesterone, but we don't need so much. So the adrenal Correct. gland mm-hmm. is responsible for producing the little bit of hormone that we need in order for our heart to work and to have healthy skin and strong bones. The adrenal gland is supposed to be producing those things. But if the mm-hmm. adrenal gland is exhausted because yeah. you are so stressed, then the adrenal gland isn't going to get around to making those other hormones as well. So you're going to be pumping in cortisol into that waistband of yours and and creating a situation that isn't going to go away until you get your stress level under control. And obviously you want to make sure for a million reasons, that you're eating a nutritious diet and that you're moving your body at least half an hour a day. But Mm -hmm. you can do all of that, and the muffin top is not going to go away until you get that stress level under control, particularly um, if you're in your, you know, mid to late 40s, early 50s. Well, men go through a form of menopause as well. Their their hormones start to drop as well, and you'll see men gaining weight in the middle too. It's not just yes, the women. We call it a beer belly and it has nothing to do with beer and it has everything to do again with uh, well it could have to do with beer. I shouldn't say that but um, you know often you'll see men who don't drink who also have their beer belly and it has to do sure. with testosterone dropping but what's awesome for mm-hmm. men and I I tell you I am sure that, that God is not a woman because men got all the easy stuff <laughs> um, <laughs> men can boost their testosterone right back up simply by building muscle. So if you see a man with with a beer belly, it's because mm-hmm. his the ratio between estrogen, which everybody has, men and female, men and women have estrogen just as men and women have some testosterone. But mm-hmm. when a man has a has a, a beer belly it's because he's got too much estrogen in relation to testosterone. And again, that whole fat factory thing is happening around his his middle. So all that a man has to do is build up his testosterone, and he does that with weight-bearing exercise. So if he builds up his muscle again, then the muscle he's got around his spare tire is going to go down. And uh, Yeah, but we also see... We also see men growing breasts, and that is from xenoestrogens that they're getting from either the um, chemicals in the environment that transform into that or from from the foods that they're eating where yeah, so, they've been treated with hormones. Yes, and, and that, is, that is something that's really important for, for um, mothers to understand as well. Um, I mean, we're all impacted by xenoestrogens, male and female, but if you have um, young boys at home, you want to be very conscious of um, what 
we can't really go into all of them right now, but what chemicals right. that you're using in your home, on your body, mm-hmm. what shampoo, what body lotion, uh, all of that, uh, all of those products that we use on a daily basis contain chemicals that can influence the hormone balance in the body, mm-hmm. and a lot of them act act as if they are estrogen in the body. So uh, when you see young boys who've gained weight, uh, there's an estrogen imbalance there, but when they start to develop breasts, very often, um, you know, or I shouldn't say very often, but you you need to pay attention to those xenoestrogens that you find in, in all of the different chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, so they're in the food. We're eating them on a daily basis. Uh, they've done they've done studies to find these chemicals in umbilical cords. So That's right. Yeah, they are pervasive, and mm-hmm. in it's essential that we become more stewards of our own health and, and understand what the impact is of um, things that are going on in the environment and things that we put into our bodies and, and bring into our homes as well. So, yes, xenoestrogens are critical for, because as you mentioned, they tip the balance to favor estrogen in the body. So it is it is another instigator for not only that spare tire and breast development in men, but if women are having a really rough time with um, uh, PMS or with their mm-hmm. menstrual cycle or with perimenopause uh, and menopause, it could be because of the number of chemical estrogens that are entering your body from the outside. So uh, you, you want to be mm-hmm. conscious of creating that proper balance of estrogen uh, to all of the other hormones within your body. And estrogen dominance uh, is a term that refers to a situation where there there is no more balance. And a lot of the symptoms associated with perimenopause and menopause are also um, related to estrogen dominance. So that's a huge topic that we we just, you know, distilled down to two minutes. But it is is important. It's important for people to understand that all of these, again, it seems like maybe it's a minor nuisance. Uh, it, it could be, again, as you mentioned earlier, you just get used to it. A woman who, who you know, has a couple of moody days every month might, before her, her period comes, might just go, oh, that's just the way I am, and not think, okay, well, maybe it's not the way I am. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I need to look at what I'm eating or when I'm eating it or uh, um, what exactly is the chemical load that I'm putting on my body. And remember, uh, pe- you know, people used to think that skin was like a raincoat and nothing would get inside your skin. And we know now that, you know, Things can enter through your skin and get right into the bloodstream. And just think about medical patches to quit smoking or for drug delivery. And we, you know, that's evidence that we know that things can get in right into the bloodstream. What's important? Yeah, it's the largest. It, it's it's the largest organ in our body, basically. And, our skin. and, and the challenge with putting things right on the skin is. That let's say, for example, that you eat an apple, and if you eat a conventional apple, it could have up to 24 chemicals or something ridiculous on it. I can't remember now, but lots of pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and, and whatever. So if you were to eat that and you eat all of those chemicals, going through your digestive tract, a lot of those chemicals are sorted out to the best of your body's ability based on what other nutrients are available. So it goes through the hydrochloric acid in your stomach and gets further broken down through your intestines. And then through the two phases of liver detoxification, it's made um, less harmful. And then it's, you know, scooted back to to your lower intestines and, you know, hopefully eliminated. Um, but when you get into some of these, um, just as an aside, you get into some of these really powerful chemicals. If you're constipated or whatever and they sit in your intestines too long, they're reabsorbed into the bloodstream. But again, topic of a whole other show. But when <laughs> when you apply these chemicals onto your skin, they don't benefit from any detoxification at all. So they aren't made safer. 
by your hydrochloric acid and, and your liver and all of the other processes available to you, you're putting them right into your bloodstream. And your blood tours your body in less than 10 seconds. So uh, you need to be more conscious of what you put on your skin than what you put in your mouth. And I don't yeah. think people are aware of that. So, Lisa, we're we're running out of time. I want you to tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you and what service you could be to them. Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that invitation. Uh, if you want to head over to my website, it's livevibrantly.ca. And if you sign up for uh, my newsletter, then you will receive um, a free ebook called Feed Your Soul, A Guide to Nourishing Body and Spirit. And it's um, just a really simple, straightforward, get-started guide on uh, creating vibrant health for yourself. So uh, that's livevibrantly.ca. And I just wanted to mention as well, if you are going through perimenopause or menopause or experience PMS or or just want to... uh, perhaps um, release some extra weight and get your hormones under control. I just released a new home study program uh, called Healthy Happy Hormones, and you can get uh, back on track with your hormones in uh, seven weeks. And that uh, program is on my website as well. And for a limited time, it's only $49. So uh, definitely something to look into if um, you are ready to you know, get your hormones back under control. Well, thank you, Lisa. You've really been a wonderful guest. Oh, thank and, you so much. Um, I, I thank you so much for your time. I appreciate uh, your time as well, and I wish you uh, good health. Thank you. Okay. We'll talk soon. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? listeners. Please join us again next Wednesday. We're going to have a a great guest. I also wanted to remind you that the entire contents of this radio show are based upon the opinions of Denise Messenger and her guest. The information is not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with your qualified health care professional, and it's not intended as medical advice. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from our guests and the experience of Denise Messenger and her community. We encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with, again, a qualified healthcare professional of your choice. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. And our show, it's not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Thanks again. Bye.